Welcome to Bayer Crotcast with Matt Willis and Craig White, your technical field representatives in Western Australia. In this Crotcast, we'll give you a quick wrap-up of the season at hand and things to look out for, including events coming up around you and everything related to agronomy and growing healthy crops. We're passionate about agriculture and crop protection, and we look forward to having you join us on Bayer Crotcast. Welcome to Bayer Cropcast. This is episode five and it's March 2019. I'm joined with Matt Willis. How are you today, Matt? Yeah, good. Thanks, Whitey. How about yourself? Yeah, going well. So we weren't able to get together um, side by side this time, mate. So you're over the telephone with me. But yeah, we've been very busy getting around to a whole heap of meetings and whatnot. So this is the best way at the moment. But we'll obviously get together in the cab at some point, mate, and make some more recordings as we go through the 2019 season. Exactly, Wally. It's a busy time of year, and on top of that, I've got a, a little bub as well, a new seven-week-old little uh, bundle of joy, so he's getting me a little bit busy as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, hopefully next time we'll be able to do this in person. Yeah, and the greatest of congratulations to you, mate. It's fantastic. So, uh, all that uh, parenthood ahead of you. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> no worries. All right, so Matt, we've uh, we've been yeah pretty busy during the start of the year, like everybody is, and we've, you know, around Australia, there's been a whole heap of Bayer Connect events um, held, which are advisor updates that we've been doing, and we held one in Perth a couple of weeks ago, and we wanted to touch on a few takeouts from that. So if you wanted to get started, um, just talk about a few of the topics that we covered. One of the first things we really got talking about was uh, soil pathogens, obviously with Evergold Energy launching at the back end of last year, sort of a lot of interest around soil pathogens and I've been talking to some of the, the experts in the field in the West, like Sarah Collins, Beck Swift, Marty Harris, Daniel Haberley, and sort of just getting a bit of an idea and putting together some information regarding soil pathogen management strategies, because you think, oh, we're Bayer, we're, we're a chemical company, and we've got fungicides, you've got to look beyond that, it's the same as with herbicides, not just being about the herbicide, thinking about the uh, harvest weed seed management in that front. Well, it's, it's similar with uh, soil-borne pathogens. You can't just put an in-burrow treatment in or a seed treatment in and help solve the problem. You've got you to think things about crop rotation, stubble management, tillage, farmer sowing, even things like um, crop nutrition to try and uh, alleviate the, uh, the yield penalties and think about reducing inoculant levels in the soil. So um, well, the big ones in the West are Rhizoctonia and Crown Rot and Root Lesion Nematodes. I've been talking to a few of the grower groups over the last few weeks and at the Innovation Connective event uh, last month, just educating growers and advisors on, on these pathogen life cycles, and biology and management strategies to try and combat them. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to consider, but good advice, lots of great people to talk to and we'd urge listeners, look, make sure you do have a good discussion with people and choose the right product to, you know, try and alleviate it along with all the agronomic factors that you talked about, Matt. Exactly. And we've got some really strong data from all our advisory trials we conducted last year. Um, I think it was up to 12 of them across the country and um, got some really positive yield responses, grain quality responses, crop emergence responses from um, uh, Evergold Energy, both on seed and in furrow. And using that in combination with those um, other agronomic strategies, you can uh, minimise the, the yield losses and uh, look to reduce the problem going forward. Yeah, and get a great return on investment for everything. Every dollar you put in, you want to get more than that dollar back. So in really important to see what is making a difference and get on to it. Um, That's what we've been updating advisors about where Bayer products and services can fit in. So it's been good. Exactly. 
Yeah, Matt, as we get into the season as well, we'll be doing a lot more work with uh, soil pathogens and looking at Evergold Energy, for example, this year. And we'll be digging up plants throughout the season, taking soil cores and whatever. And talking about digging up plants, Matt, did you know that the shovel, when it was first invented, was a groundbreaking invention? Oh, God. <laughs> All right, no worries. Look, um, another topic we touched on at the Innovation Connect recently was a whole range of products and services that we brought in from the Monsanto acquisition and Hugh Trenorden talked about TrueFlex Canola with Roundup Ready Technology and we'll hear a little bit from Hugh about those topics right now. Welcome Hugh Trenorden, um, you're the Canola Regional Business Manager for Bayer in Western Australia and Hugh we're here to talk a little bit today about the new uh, TrueFlex Canola with Roundup Ready Technology inside. Yeah, yeah, we are, Whitey. It's um, been an interesting space with um, a fair bit happening this this um, calendar year. So happy to talk a bit about it. Yeah, fantastic. So Trufex Canola now is available or approved. So can you talk a little bit about the process and where we're currently at? Can growers get Trufex Canola for 2019? They certainly can, Whitey. Um, yeah, we're in a fortunate position where we've had regulatory approval from China. Um, a a China's Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs gave us um, approval to for TrueFlex Canola Trade to be um, accepted into their import imported grain along with a suite of other trades. So a large market, obviously, China. It's a, it's a very important market for yep. canola in Australia and in Western Australia as an export destination. So, so that was. Um, really pleasing because last spring I was very hopeful that we would get uh, this approval in Q1 in 2019 and to get that approval right at the very start of that time period um, was perfect because um, it let um, the small volume of TrueFlex canola that had been bulked up for 2019 be available for commercialisation this year so there is some varieties um, still available now and also for our seed licensees being Pacific Seeds, BASF and New Seed to um, go through their usual procedures and get some hybrids ready for 2020, which are looking really exciting. Fantastic. So, I mean, we've heard about Roundup Ready canola for a long time. Um, tell us a little bit about TrueFlex canola and what that's going to be, how that will differ to what's, you know, growers are already used to in the market. Um, I guess it yeah, adds a bit of value, the TrueFlex canola um, being more tolerant to glyphosate or, or Roundup. Um, it just al allows us to spray um, with higher rates of chemical and for a longer time period. So we've done trials that show when glyphosate's sprayed twice in a season, you know, the weed control efficacy um, at our trial sites has, has been you know, really good. So TrueFlex canola just adds to the value of farmers being able to get those two or three applications of glyphosate on in that time period up, up until first flower. So really good weed control, which is what it's all about, as long as, you know, together with all the other non-chemical things that they'd be doing on their farm and lots of flexibility by the sound of it with TrueFlex. Yeah, dead right. The value is um, when <coughs> you know, glyphosate is such an important chemical to us, so when they're using it, it's being used at the, the correct timing. Um, paddock conditions are as, as good as possible. The weeds are you know, an appropriate size and um, 
and we're getting that chemical on and getting the best efficacy we can and getting multiple sprays on those weeds to um, stop those um, next germinations as well. Great, so just let's cover a little bit of that detail then, you know, what's the rates and timings and you know, I guess the advantages of each of those things. Yeah, so um, using Roundup Ready herbicide with Plant Shield, um, the current Roundup Ready rate is 0.9 kilograms per hectare. Um, when using Truflet's canola and using a two spray strategy, which um, I think will be the most common use, that spray rate goes up to 1.3 kilograms per hectare. All right, really good. You can also have the added flexibility of a three spray strategy. Um, you know, I think this could be helpful in some circumstances, um, maybe non-wetting soils or an early break and, and continued flushes of weeds where you can stay at the at the um, current label rate of 0.9 kilograms per hectare of yep. the herbicide. So really get on top of these weeds in crop and then everything else around it. There'll be recommendations, I imagine, from the advisors about what they do pre and and also you know harvest weed seed control and things like that later on. Yeah, yeah, my word. And and probably the other part of the value is um, you, you've got up until first flower to um, to spray those oh, applications. That's a huge on. advantage. Yeah, it is. And um, I actually see you know years where we have you know a uneven germination of weeds i'm not sure about you whitey but i've seen plenty of canola crops where there's cotyledons and four leaf canola staggered germinations yeah yeah and they're difficult decisions on when is the best time to spray when you've got tight windows like we do with roundup ready canola so having that added flexibility will just be will take a um, will give good peace of mind and, and the added crop safety of Truflet's canola will, um, will allow us to control those weeds and, and still get the, the most yield as we, as we can. Yeah, so obviously this canola is truly flexible, you, uh, the Truflex, yeah. The and one, yeah. Absolutely, it's, uh, I think it's fantastic. I mean, we talk about, you know, staggered germinations of the, the, the crop plant we're trying to grow, but it's also true for the weeds, the amount of cohorts or different germinations of the weeds that are continuing. So being able to extend that window out and have some more options around timing two or three applications um, is just gonna bode really, really well for this control system. Yeah, and the, and the added rate, I guess, if you have um, a dry shear and have a small amount of weeds that germinate, maybe in the furrow, and then the main flush doesn't come till later, we can use a higher rate to control those larger weeds when the the main flush comes through. Great, fantastic. But of course, the message always is try and control or target the smallest weeds you can. But, uh, you know, we understand that sometimes the weather and conditions and the size of programs just gets in the way. So it's going to be great to have Truflex canola available. And how can a grower get hold of this and get more information about Truflex canola? Um, yeah, so Truflex canola is a, a new trait. Um, separate to Roundup Ready Canola. So there is a little bit of a process that um, growers have to go through where they should be re-accredited to grow Truflet's Canola, which um, is a pretty pain-free um, process, but... Um, you know, so, so an important part of a process, but not, not a, a arduous one that's you yeah, know, impossible. Dead, yeah, dead do. right. We're governed by certain, um, um, certain government authorities, you know, the Office of Gene Technology Regulator, yep. Food and Safety ANZ, the APBMA, and Bayer's um, internal procedures. So all these uh, things are really important for us to um, show the, the wider public that we're really good stewards of this technology and we'll continue it. 
So and protecting um, it, so it's available for a long time to come. Yeah, my word. So it's um yeah, there's an accreditation process, and also we'll get a new licensing and stewardship agreement signed, which is updated with um, the Truflets Canola as well as the Desol Pro um, to to um to get everything up to date. Fantastic. We'll talk talk a little bit about this Desol Pro in a moment. If a grower wants to inquire about getting some Truflex canola this year, or indeed uh, re-accrediting themselves, where do they go to, to start that process? Um, yeah, so we, yeah, most reseller stores um, are, do have access to Roundup Ready and Truflex canola. So that would be your first port of call. Talk to the person you'd normally buy your canola off, and they'll be able to lead you in the right way. Or conversely, um, look at roundupreadycanola.com au and there's information on that website on where you can get um, access to Roundup Ready and Truflex Canola. Fantastic. So roundupreadycanola.com.au and on there you'll find information about Truflex and also Desol Pro. So we'll talk a bit about that now and yeah, interesting name Hugh. What is, uh, you know, what is Desol Pro? It's a program. What's that all about? Okay, so we've had a lot of feedback throughout the years that um, growers think that growing Roundup Ready Canola can have a element of risk. So we looked at how we can decrease the risk of, in this case, rainfall um, to the grower. So with Desol Pro, it's aimed at low to medium rainfall growers, I would say. And um, what we do is when they opt into the program, it's a, it's a choice, they don't have to. They can either opt in or, or stay with the current um, way they would. So, so to be really clear, you can buy, still buy Roundup Ready Canola, um, Truflex Canola. You don't have to sign up to Desol Pro, it's purely an optional program that might suit some people. Yeah, dead right. And that's because you know, everyone's attitude to risk um, changes yep. and is different. So and probably changes throughout their the life cycle of being a farmer. You know, are they a new farmer with a you know, small appetite for risk or have they been in the game a long time and know they can manage their rainfall risk um, yep. probably better than what we could help them with. Um, so with Desol Pro, when a grower, if he does, or if, if a grower does choose to opt in to Desol Pro, we ask for a, a GPS point for a volume of seed. Um, it could be all the Truflex or Roundup Ready seed that they're growing or a portion of, or if they have big geographic diversity, they could have multiple GPS points for different farms. When they give us a GPS point, um, that correlates to a data set from the Bureau of Meteorology, and that's a five kilometer um, square, um, grid square data set, which is, um, which is something that the Bureau of Meteorology um, puts out for external people to, to look at that data set. Um, so that data set, we're actually looking at growing season rainfall and we can define that um, however we'd like. So to start with, we've defined it as um, May through to October rainfall. So the 1st of May through to the 31st of October. And we're looking at the last 20 years of rainfall data the bond's given us from that GPS point and we're looking at what decile you may have during that canola growing season. Okay. So um, with the um, Decile Pro program, um, if by chance you have a lower, a low rainfall year, so a Decile 3 to a 1, 
then we won't ask for any um, technology fee that we normally would with an upfront system. But if you have a decile four rainfall year or higher, then we'll ask for a, um, for a, for a technology fee that is um, higher than, than what would be in the opt out So it's really system. a risk sharing, so nothing to pay um, upfront if you opt into the system, but down the track of it, it's a cracker of a year, which is the ones we always want, good years, then there's some risk um, sharing there and obviously some payment that would go. Or if it's a, what did you say, three, two or one decile, then there would be no technology fee. Yeah, dead wow. right. Okay, that um, sounds really good. And yeah, as you say, different people will have different attitudes towards that and whether they think this system or this, this program, decile pro, could be useful to them. Yeah, yeah, dead right. So. Um, it's, I'm quite ex excited about the, the um, program and just the mechanisms of it. Um, this is our first year of, of launching it and we're um, yeah, super keen to get feedback um, and see this adapting in time. So just be, if it's not suitable for, for this year, um, you know, keep, a, keep an open mind because I'd say that will continue to adapt this to get some value. Cool to get maximum value for growth. Yeah, good. No, I think it's a program that's well overdue, this type of thing, and sharing the risk there for these, uh, these canola, um, canola growing. And if a grower out listening or a grower out there wants to sign up and get involved with Decile Pro, how do they do that, Hugh? Um, yeah, again, go to your, um, your, your canola seed seller, technology provider, um, and as mentioned before, the roundupreadycanola.com.au website has some more information, or I'm happy to field calls as well. If people would like yep. to contact me, Wadi. No worries, and you can get in touch with anyone at Bayer, actually, if you call 1800 879 That goes through to our technical inquiries line, and then the man there will find the most appropriate person to speak to. So 1-800-804-479 to get in touch with us and find out more about Decile Pro and Roundup Ready and also TrueFlex Canola. Well, thanks very much, Hugh, for joining us and giving us a bit of an update on those things. And uh, yeah, obviously always an exciting time of year coming into the new season and growing fantastic canola crops for, uh, for, our, for our globe. Um, yeah, my word, it's, it is exciting times um, preparing for a new year. Um, you know, the potential's there for, for a good year at this time. At this time, so fingers crossed we get enough rainfall and rainfall. Yeah, good and conditions. conditions. Fantastic. Yep, we'll get on there and uh, and and have a look at it. So Hugh, while I've got you, uh, we're hearing a, this name around the place called Tag Team. I believe it's an inoculant. Um, yeah. Tag Team. So tell us a bit about Tag Team. Why is it called Tag Team, and what's it all about? Yeah. So Tag Team's a is a. Um, a product in the inoculant space. Um, it's called Tag Team because we actually have two biological components to it. So there's two bugs in the mix, Whitey, to, to sort of talk about it in that way. Yep. So one of them's a phosphorus sobulizer, which is um, you know part of the the mix that um, has been shown in some instances to to give benefits um, for for the second part of the um, of the mix, which is a rhizobium. And we have that in different groups. Um, the groups that we have is group G for, um, for lupins, which um, us in Western Australia are you know, very important. Very important. Um, and then we have group EF, which is um, for beans, vetches, um, lentils, things like that. And then we also have chickpea, which is group N. Um, so we, the, the tag team, the, 
the penicillin bilides um, is in all of them, then we put the appropriate rhizobium with the crop that you're growing. So Hugh, yeah. So tag team this uh, this space. What what sort of you know what formulation is it in? Is it a granular or a peat, or how does that work? Um, yeah. So we have two different formulations, I guess, widely. So we do have a peat granule, which is um, a really strong product that we've um, we we've have actually sold out of in Group EF, and also I'm pretty sure we're if not sold out, we're very close with the chickpea product in Group N as well. Right. Unfortunately, we don't have a, a peak granule in for lupins, Group G, um, at this stage. So that that's suited for um, for dry sowing is um, where they actually compress a, a peat into a granule, and um, that's been shown in SARDI trials to have really good efficacy. Um, in certain scenarios, um, and it's as mentioned, it's a sought-after product, and um, and we've you know met our our volumes or close to this year. So being a peat, um, you said it's suitable for dry sowing. Often we would recommend you know to be careful around dry sowing with peat inoculums. This one, yeah, being a compressed peat granule, right? So that's the um, I guess the point of differentiation. Advantage, um, big advantage, yeah. Yeah. So again. Um, you know, there has been trial that has shown good efficacy and I guess um, showing there's good demand from you know, lentil growers and, and pea growers and, and things like that in certain um, parts of the world. So they've been getting results. So I guess that's, um, that's positive as well. And the other format or form, um, formulation? Yeah, the type. other formulation is a, is, a, is a peat product. So I think most of our listeners would be familiar with uh, how our how peat products work. Um, there's two options to apply our peat products. So if people have a, a good slurry process and, a, and that's something that they're comfortable doing, so they can form a slurry and apply our peat to their, to their seed that way. But um, our peat is actually quite, it's almost like a graphite powder. It's quite mm-hmm. fine, which allows us to have a second application method, which is um, a dry peat application method. Mm. So um, going up an auger, so probably maybe out of a five-in-one bin into a you know, grain cart or, or out of a silo into a, into a five-in-one bin, um, if, if you, can, you can meter it out, going up an auger, it will, it will cope to the seed. And that's a, um, a way that people can uh, do away with a slurry and just have um, a bit more simplicity to that uh, busy planting time. Cool. That sounds really interesting, and I'm sure we can get um, listeners more information about that. But just in summary, um, we've got tag team. Just give us the groups again and the types of product or okay. formulations available. Yeah. So in tag team, we have um, a a peat product, which is available in group G, group EF, and group N, and in the peat granule product, we have that in group EF and group N. No worries, excellent. And flexible sort of different application techniques available and where can people find out more information about Tag Team and how to get the best results out of it? Um, yeah, we also have a website, um, tagteam.com.au. Make sure you put the AU on it, otherwise you um, there's lots of different websites out there. So All right, tag hear that folks, tagteam.com.au. Don't forget that .au. Okay, Hugh, now everyone's gonna go and check the other one, but anyway, we'll see. If you've got any feedback on that, then don't forget, ring our 1-800 number, 1-800-804-479.
So it was great to hear from Hugh Trenorden regarding a few of those products and services, so TrueFlex Canola, also Tag Team and Decile Pro, and we'll hear more about it. We'll do more on the Bayer Crop Cast as the season progresses, but Matt, I think you had a piece of trivia you wanted to shout out to listeners. I've got three crackers here, Whitey. We've got one here that's a question for you, mate. Right. What, what colour what color is hippopotamus milk? I reckon it's probably pink. Yes, mate. You know your hippopotamus as well, mate. It is pink. There you go. Uh, I drink, I drink a, a little yeah. glass every day, mate. Sure, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What, what's the ratio of chickens to humans in the world? I know you love a, a good chick for, chook for dinner. I what love, do you, do you I love roast chicken. Ratio. Oh, goodness me. So if you're talking about me, then it would have to be, I don't know, 60 to 1 or something like that, Matt? <laughs> Globally, it's three chickens per one human. So wow. Three to one ratio. Okay. So does that mean I eat 20 times more chicken than either other people? Someone out there is going chickenless because of you, Whitey. <laughs> oh, goodness me. All right, I'll cut back a bit yeah, then. One last fact here, mate. One last one. What, how many people do you reckon are drunk in the world right now on average? Someone's gone out there and they figured out what percentage of the world is drunk at any one time. So how many people do you think are drunk right now on average? Well, you and I are not because obviously, no. you know, we're doing this, but mm. nah, nah, that's impo- I have no, no idea. It, it, it's estimated that 0.7% drunk at any one time, so that, that, that correlates to about 50 million people at wow. one time. And it's Thursday, uh, or Wednesday in some parts of the world, but I guess Wednesday that number night. would go up on the weekends, right? <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd say so. No worries, cool Matt, excellent. So Matt, what else has been going on? What um, other trials do we want to talk about, or topics have you got? No, we've been putting together, I've been putting together a bunch of uh, Sakura trial data actually, annual ryegrass, yep. chemical counts, and, and, and yield uh, that's... Uh, been calculated at the end of the trial as well and putting it together for, for our Cultivate magazine. There'll be an article in that in the, in the next issue. Um, I've seen some yeah, really good response to Sakura, very consistent um, control with uh, variable conditions. So we, we, these are across the country, all these trials. We had a really dry year in, in New South Wales and uh, northern Victoria. We had a very wet uh, uh, winter in, in northern and central WA and then we've seen that even across all these different conditions the reliable control and of uh, Sakura uh, compared to other standards including the early post-emergent applications of other products as well um, that longer residual in particular this year in the west really showed up with um, a lot of co- later cohorts of ryegrass coming up in uh, July and August other products have sort of run out of path by that point whereas the products of Solphone and Sakura um, still working pretty well um, Another thing we've really picked up on a few trials is, is, is trifluralin resistance. Still haven't got back the, the, the wheat seed samples from our resistance testing, but should be getting them back from Peter Vassalis, uh, I'd say, this month at some point, and uh, we'll, we'll get to confirm whether there was trifluralin resistance at these sites. Yeah. Um, also had uh, uh, been put together results from my um, Spotform Netblocks trial we had out of Bolgart, um, looking at the different foliar fungicides and their efficacy on on, on Spotform Netblotch. And uh, one thing that came out of that trial was oh, took those uh, leaves from that, some of the plants of that trial and sent them to CCDM to do some fungicide resistance testing. And it came back with a single gene resistance um, at that site in Bulgar, all places. And people, when they think about fungicide resistance, they think in WA, South Stirling, Esperance. But from that trial and, and the results from that and, and from some of Fran Lopez's uh, 
results, which he presented with crop updates, um, show that it's much more widespread than that. It's, yeah. it's, it's coming up through the Great Southern and into the central, central wheat belt already. Certainly, certainly all around the place and really an important topic to touch on. And, um, you know, as I've said a lot of times, a lot of meetings, I'm sure others um, as well, but, you know, there's not a lot of mode of actions um, available in the fungicide group, so you really need to know what you're dealing with. And there are four that you can use as seed treatments and three... Uh, as foliar applications so you know having a good strategy making sure you've really nutted that out not just picking up a new brand name of a product or whatever or a similar me too type one is really critical and it's you know, it just urge listeners make sure you get really good information on this topic because it's so critical to um, make sure that you use those three or four modes of action fungicides in the best possible way so we've got them for years and years to come as part of the disease management package exactly Waddy. and uh, there was another bit of news that came through at the beginning of this year as well was the discovery of remularia in western australia it's, yep. it's going to be another one which we know it's it's a uh, it's a high risk of developing resistance to our fungicides as well from what we've seen in new zealand south africa and in europe so um one thing we have to keep an eye on with that one as well and maintaining all our chemistry options um for, for remularia as well as our current ones such as powdery mildew net blotch and so forth yeah that's right so yeah urge again uh they say look at you know, have plans, and if plan A fails, Matt, there's 25 more other letters in the alphabet, so plenty of plans, but make sure you speak to an advisor or get in touch with your Bayer Crop Science representative and we'll run you through, um, you know, a whole range of information. There's lots and lots of it available, as well as through those uh, important institutions like the Crop for, uh, Centre for Crop and Disease Management, or CCDM, as we talk about. Exactly. And like any um, average four-year-old, Matt, um, you need to ask lots of questions, and it's um, understood that the average four-year-old actually will ask over 400 questions a day. Can you believe that? Um, it's something for me to look forward to in the next few years, I suppose. <laughs> you, you have, and perhaps as adults, we, um, we, you know, as we grow, we, we perhaps ask less questions. Um, so keep the questioning up. There's always good people around to talk to, and uh, we'll help you formulate a decent plan so you get the best return on investment for everything that you do, and make all these tools or continue to allow these tools to, to work for the future, Matt. Exactly, Whitey. Very good words. Very wise words. So, Matt, what's coming up in your region in the next few weeks? Oh, beyond just um, I've been out and about identifying trial sites for the 2019 season, so looking for some, some weedy sites and some uh, nice stubbles for potential disease. Um, but beyond that... Um, recently had some um, season wrap-ups at the Libyan MIG groups and uh, got a few store presentations to do um, uh, in some of the resellers in the north as well um, to educate their growers on some of the options they've got going to the, this next season. Yeah, good. Same down south, a range of grower meetings uh, to get around to as well as yeah, site selection for trials, starting to think about those and yeah, a lot of other projects that we're doing internally at Bayer as well and we'll update people on those. There's some pretty exciting things coming ahead with you know all this data science and integration of data and decision making and yeah I'd really like to touch on that topic as we go through 2019 and keep people up to date with what we're up to. Indeed Waddy, indeed. Now how can people get in touch with us Matt? Uh, you can contact me uh, on my Twitter handle at Matt Willis Ag. And mine is at photo by CW at photo by CW or you can get in touch via the telephone numbers which will be given out at the end of the podcast thanks for joining us today on Bayer Cropcast 
please give us any feedback that you might have. Uh, we're always willing to discuss any topic you might find interesting. So get in touch through the Twitter or the telephone numbers or website, and we'd be only too happy to call you back or get in touch and engage in the conversation. So we'll catch you later, Matt. Catch you, Whitey. Speak to you all later. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Bayer Crotcast. To get more information about anything you heard on today's episode, phone 1800 804 479 to get in touch with us or visit the web at crop.bayer.com.au. Thanks for listening.